yeah yeah <laughs> she can she can uh find me a little easier too yeah a little easier. yeah yeah it's like a i'll trap him into back. coming into the office and then he'll be there so <laughs> <He'll> be there. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> we can coordinate that's awesome i think we'll see each other thursday mariah for kurt's send-off so. mm-hmm. yes yep yeah we will we will be in the office this thursday so book a red eye and then you'll be good <laughs> i'll be good <laughs> i'll make it <laughs> Okay, um, let's do it. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to season four. We are super, super pumped to have the inaugural episode here be with Mahedi Mahil of Attentive. Uh, we've been working together for quite some time, and uh, it was only right to, to have him on the pod. Um, we also have a lot of exciting partnership things going on with attentive right now um so yeah like i said just really excited to have attentive represented especially by mahedi who has become a buddy and uh also joined today by mariah so hey everyone thanks for thanks for hopping on today thanks for having me yeah i'm excited to be here yeah first episode super excited you know kicking off season four great to be here (laughs) it's an honor to be in the season premiere it's like usually oh. the most watched episode of the season. So, yeah. I think we even bumped you up, right? Like we were like, dude, mm-hmm. you yes. Yeah. yeah. You got to record yeah. sooner so we can we can have you be first. Hey, uh, that's what you do for your buddy. Yeah. It's wild, Mariah, that we are on season four right now. I know. I know. When I was making the um, episode for yesterday, I was like, oh my God. Like I kind of forgot. I started last week, but I was like, because usually for... um the end of the season we'll have like a recap episode one for the branch side and then one or brand side and then one for the partner side yeah so i was like making it and i was like oh my god it doesn't doesn't feel real that that was already um a whole season went by that we have now yeah another one to kick off but it's exciting so another one uh <laughs> <awesome>. another one <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> uh mahedi thank you again man uh we you know the drill because i know that you've listened to a couple of these but we like to kick off before the uh all the talking shop with one or two things that you're excited about in your personal life so it's summertime in new york where you are yes jealous of that we're here in indianapolis i was just talking to a buddy about uh a week-long trip to new york this summer sometime you need to do it you, you so need i to will get do here. that at least for a weekend and i will let you know ahead of time but yeah uh, you know if it makes you feel any better uh summer in new york you can smell the city before you see it <laughs> that's true so i don't know how much how jealous you actually have to be the rats are a little braver um oh, i think geez. the city has officially lost that fight there which you know they're 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 new yorkers now um they they run the city we're just their guests here but yeah no come on over new york is great in the summer this is where everything happens i'll let you i have know. to i have to ask are you born and raised in new york no, Maybe, no, okay. I, I am born and raised uh, a good 6,000 miles east of New York. I'm actually Sudanese, <laughs> <I'm laughs> okay. Sudan. but I've, I've come on transplanted here, not via Ellis Island, but you know, JFK security line, same thing. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. Anyways, I ask because yeah. I'm from New Jersey, so very awesome. familiar with New York and summers in New York. We love <laughs> and Jersey. You it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, we don't love Jersey drivers, but we love Jersey. Jersey's great, mm-hmm. and they have the best view in the world. They get to see New York. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. There it is. From the beach I grew up going to, you can see the Manhattan skyline. It's like 
I mean, an hour boat ride um, by ferry. So it's iconic. very, very realistic. Yep. That's the only reason Jersey is good, you know, is because yeah, of the view. Yeah, is, the is that you get to see, yeah, <laughs> you, get, you get a cheaper version of New York, like close by. Um, yeah. And when the smell gets too bad, you just hop over the Hudson. I mean, what, what more do you want? More yeah. You want? <laughs> Great small town vibes, you know, yes. ride your bikes. Lots no of pizzerias. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff. Well, All the good I, stuff. I kind of talked about what I'm excited about, which is coming to New York this summer. But Mahedi, tell us. Ooh. Things. You know, this is the best medium to do this. I actually do have a podcast that I have not released an episode for in quite some time. Ooh, and so okay. I'm hoping to achieve the consistency of what you guys have built here. Um, I am going to hopefully start releasing episodes soon. That will be my season two. Uh, maybe not season four, but who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll have you on as a guest to talk about something other than e-commerce, maybe. Um, I cover news, world news and entertainment, which is great. Business, politics and entertainment, all that you need to know. Um, and I'm hoping to do them in like 30 minute bites so that people can listen to. Um, it's NPR only, a lot more unprofessional. Um, and you get to hear me instead of uh, <laughs> all the great journalists who actually studied journalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 yeah, I'm just another dude with a, with a podcast. Um, you got to make it spicy, you know, you got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got to make it spicy. I gotta, I gotta be a hack <laughs> and interject wildly uninformed opinions, but Hey, that's what makes it entertaining. Um, but I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to get started again. And I'm hoping this time I could, I could do it for the long haul for sure. I already have the mic. Yeah. The mic, so that's the biggest hurdle, right? That, you need a season thing. four to, or a season two to get to a season four though. So you're already on your way. I'm yeah, on my on season four and I don't even have a mic. So <laughs> <laughs> listen, you, you already have a fire premiere episode. Uh, you've set the bar high. Now I, I need, I need, I need something to top that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we can just end it here. This can be the full episode. Short. This is one. it. We've yeah. checked out Mahedi's podcast. Yeah. What's it called? What's it called? It's called breaking the net. Um, breaking the only net. thing I'm breaking is dozens of people's earphones currently, but I'm hoping to expand <laughs> that to hundreds. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Big goals, uh, big goals, big goals. You, yeah, is it like, over. is it like whatever's in the news that week or are there specific topics that you're more passionate about and talk about on a recurring basis? Like how do you decide what the content's going to be for the week? Yeah, no, that's actually an excellent question. So if there's like a huge breaking line story, then I'll probably want to cover it for the week. But most of it is recurring news stories that happen. I mean, you know, a news story doesn't just stop. And maybe our attention span, uh, span is that short, but it doesn't just stop in that week. Um, it's usually part of a bigger story that's happening. And so I try to like cover those and give updates um, on them. I, you know, in the past, I've had um, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post journalists, um, the head of some think tanks oh, wow. come on and they cut co- like, you know, some of these journalists have been covering the same stories for years, if not decades. Right. Um, some of them have like these amazing contacts and sources just built over a lifetime of, of, you know, reporting. And I've been able to talk to them about some of the work that they've been doing. And, you know, these stories are never ending. They've been reporting on those same things, um, but new things happen. And so, yeah, I'll cover like a little bit of these things, like what the public needs to know, maybe. Um, and by the public, again, I mean, my dozens and dozens of listeners <laughs> who, who may expand again to like hundreds now that I've announced this on your podcast. So yeah. <laughs> so let's hope. We'd love to help you with that, man. Let's hope. Uh, very cool. Excited to check out season two of that. Uh, yes. 
I don't really watch the news because it's so depressing. So I don't know how much value I can add, but I will definitely check it out. And you know, yeah, no, it's a, for sure. It's a good way to stay up to date without having to watch the news. Yeah. I read all the depressing headlines so you don't have to. That's, yeah, that's my right. pitch. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's what the I need to. I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's my pitch. I, I, I deliver it in bite size, uh, in sound bites. <laughs> and so you listen to it and you feel just as bouncy as you were. Maybe I'm a little bit gloomier, but that's fine. That's the sacrifice I'm willing to make. Yeah. <laughs> the sacrificing for the greater good over there. Sacrifice for the greater good. Such a martyr. <laughs> okay, so we... Uh, yeah, we obviously know you're at Attentive, but tell us a little bit about the career to date and uh, your current role, and then we'll get into Attentive as a platform and a company. Sure thing. Yeah. So I started working at Attentive for at almost three years now. It's going to be three years this fall. And I started as part of the sales team, and then I moved on to partnerships just because I love talking to people. Um, and I love investing in long-term relationships. I think that's that's a skill that's often underrated. Um, and I think, you know, the partnerships team at every organization, whether, I mean, luckily at Attentive, we, we have some buy and we've been able to make a splash, but at a lot of organizations, they are an essential team, but they're often misunderstood. No one can tell you outside of the partnerships team, what partnerships does. And that intrigued me. I'm a person who loves asking questions. Um, and so I joined the partnerships team. I joined the tech partner side uh, where we handle integrations. Um, I manage partners, like Malomo, mostly in the Shopify and BigCommerce ecosystems. I also have a number of SI partners who do a lot of development in those ecosystems. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's it's fun. I get to make friends who live in Indianapolis and who will hopefully one day take me to the Indy 500, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been great because, you know, with, with companies like Attentive, the growth spurt um, that happened during the pandemic was really something to behold, right? I think when I joined the company, I was employee number 400, and now we are at 1100 total headcount. And that's incredible. And it's almost nothing to the increase we've seen in the usage of the platform, the changes that have happened to the platform itself, um, the number of new partners that we've uh, onboarded, the number of integrations that we've launched. And so it's like been being on a rocket ship. And, you know, I could confidently say I probably will not experience something like this in my career again, um, unless I'm very, very, very fortunate. You know, these things come once in a lifetime, but it's great. And um, I love that I started partnerships at a company like Attentive because the product is very, very good and makes it easy to have. Yeah, product good. Also, just like, I feel like the Attentive ethos is very partner first, like a lot of Yes. The strategy of attentive and like focusing on one core channel that you sort of built the rest of the platform around that being SMS has lended itself probably really nicely to tech partners speci specifically because, you know, you have to fill, you have to fill feature gaps outside of your core platform and like what better way to do that with partners who are already best in breed at what they do. And, um, really, really, really focused on that. Right. Um, any like thoughts on that? Would you agree? Yeah, no, I would 100% agree. You know, as if, if you've ever sat down an attentive demo pitch where we start telling you about like our attentive history. And part of the reason we include that is because it's important to understand how just widely the landscape has changed in just six, seven years, right? When attentive first started doing SMS, People didn't know what SMS was, right? Um, the last they'd heard of SMS was sometime in the 2000s, back when it was, you know, a part of a, a bundle you'd see on ads for Verizon, AT&T, like pay this much and you get this many minutes and this <laughs> many text messages. Um, a lot of people didn't have 
understand the channel, didn't understand the potential of the channel. There were not a lot of SMS players in the space. There were a few very clunky enterprise solutions. Um, and so Attentive really filled the gap there in conversational commerce for, uh, and it provided a way for merchants to directly reach their customers, which wasn't something that I, I, I think we've had experience with, you know, aside from the telemarketing of the 90s, I think. Um, and so part of the success of Attentive and the longevity of it, aside from the platform, is exactly that. Um, it understood the space. It understood the need that it needed to fill. But it also understood that while we do SMS very well, that in itself is not alone to satisfy like our customers and make our customers enjoy a very, or at least like the end consumer enjoy a very smooth um, shopping journey. And so that's where our tech partners come in, right? They help complement the attentive solution, which is a powerful solution on its own, but with a lot of our tech partners, a lot of our integration partners, it becomes a stickier solution and it also solves for more problems, right? And it solves for more use cases and also innovates the way the marketers think about, hey, how am I approaching my customer, right? Um, we are, just suffice, suffice to say, we are like a far ways away from the prey and spray days of let me send and see who converts, right? And a lot of those tech partnerships, and a lot of times we did look at our for to our tech partners for you know product development roadmaps, just because they are also in the same space and they all fill specific product niches and they all solve for specific problems like Malomo, and having those solutions speak to Attentive um, and having those platforms work together so seamlessly not only benefits the consumer but it's also slowly changing the way we do e-commerce. It's changing the way people shop. It's changing the expectations of people when they shop, and it's changing the way that brands are talking to their customers, right? We, we don't depend on billboards anymore. It's it's mostly digital nowadays, but even in the digital space, like the competition for the inbox is so fierce, you have to find ways to innovate. And those who innovate survive and those who don't fall by the wayside. And I think that's what's so exciting about our space is that companies like Attentive and Malomo are constantly innovating, right? Um, the Malomo of 2023 is probably not gonna be the Malomo of 2024. Right. <laughs> there will probably be changes. The attentive of 2023 is not going to be the attentive of 2024. There are going to be changes there. And that's just part of anticipating and adapting to customer demands and making sure that they have a good user experience overall. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to be releasing our SMS capabilities pretty soon, and that's going to be really tight. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say, God, we have no <laughs> Yeah, the heat is being thrown to kick off season four. Surprise! Yeah. But uh, you know, competition. I mean, it's it's part of the space. Competition is a thing. It exists at the brand and merchant level. It exists right. at the tech platform level. Um, for a consumer, it's good because it offers choice. Um, and you know, our part of our job is to, to educate them, like, hey, this is how we're different. This is how our solution is superior. Right. Here's how it can solve your solution, your problem differently than than other solutions. And you know, the, the choice is up to them. But competition is healthy, it keeps you spry. You know, yeah. keeps you Absolutely keeps it fun, you know, gives us keeps something to fun. talk about on the podcast, of course. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I know that I know that all too well. Like I was at uh airship a couple couple jobs before this, which uh, you know, we integrated with Salesforce, but Salesforce also had basically like a much lighter weight, uh, you know, very similar solution. So we were very much frenemies on that regard. We were also partnered with Attentive then, you know, we built an, a lightweight SMS solution that wasn't anywhere near Attentive's capabilities, but we partnered. But uh, luckily, we're not going to have that problem with Malomo and Attentive this time around. But it is uh, it is an interesting balance, the whole idea of like 
partners who are frenemies uh, yeah. and figuring out, you know, how you go to market around that. Uh, I'm, on a, I'm an optimist. I will say this. There is like always a ray of sunlight because despite the competition, the end goal is to provide a good experience for your customers. Yeah. And, you know, even, even if, even if you're competitive with someone, you know, at the end of the day, that overarching goal, that ultimate goal is going to make you work together and you can make right. it work and we've made it Absolutely. work. You've made it work. Yeah. More than most, I would say, out of 10 and in a better sort of... We believe in partnerships. Yeah. You don't have to convince me, man. I believe you. Uh, Let's take a step back. I know that you just talked a lot about it, but at a high level, for those who don't like know attentive, most will, probably 99% of the listeners. Can you just give like the high level, the high level attentive pitch and overview? Um, and then talk a little bit about how it's differentiated. Cause to your point, you know, there are new SMS uh, products popping up every day, some, you know, core SMS, others being added on, you know, SMS offerings being added on to legacy solutions that didn't always play in the SMS space. So would love like the high level overview and what sort of makes attentive differentiated. Yeah, sure thing. So at a high level overview, assuming that you know you don't work in the e-commerce space, uh, Attentive is an SMS first marketing platform. We also do email um, that allows you to connect you as a merchant being, uh, allows you to connect to your customers. We mostly work within the D2C space or B2C uh, space, so direct to consumer space. Um, we work with a lot of verticals from fashion and apparel to retail, um, beauty, health and wellness. Uh, FMB, entertainment and media. Um, we're starting to break on uh, into some new verticals as well. Basically, any company that requires com- a communication with its customers, Attentive is the solution for you. And we do that via SMS messages. Um, we've perfected this over the 8,000 clients um, that we work with. So we've perfected our approach. We've had a lot of learnings. You know, um, in, in the olden days, we've made mistakes. We've learned from them. And we've really focused on building, one, a robust platform, but two, a service level offering that really supports the customer who is onboarding SMS. Um, you know, we speak about SMS right now, and it's the hot thing in e-commerce, and we all are familiar with it. But that wasn't always the case. And there's still, like, a lot of customers that don't recognize the value of SMS. They know what it is at, a, like, a technical level a brand sending someone a text message, but they may not recognize this potential. And I think that's one of the areas that Attentive is real differentiated itself in is in the support and the knowledge base it provides to its merchants. Um, and, you know, I'm at the same conference as you are. I talk to clients occasionally and I talk to partners. And one of the things that comes up a lot about Attentive is, oh God, I love the support you guys provide. I love the way that your UI is intuitive to use, you know, because it's designed for marketer use, not for developer use. Um, And that's a very important key piece that I think a lot of people may skate over when when they're looking at vendors. Um, You know, a lot of times when I talk to clients, it's not the associated bells and whistles of a platform that convinces them to buy. Even though I will say Attentive has some incredibly impressive and powerful bells and whistles. Um, It's usually the level of robustness of the platform, how well the platform performs and works, just like at a basic level. Does it crash all the time? Does it do what I'm asking it to do? Do you send text messages, right? Um, The answer is yes for Attentive. Are the text messages getting to the people uh, that it's supposed to get to? Is it arriving to their intended audience? And they're in deliverability. Attentive is excellent too. And then how much support am I going to get, right? If I have a question about SMS, will you respond, right? Uh, or will I be left <laughs> to navigate the deep waters on my own? I always like to um, 
draw this analogy to rap concerts and performances because I've been to quite a few. Some are good and some are hilariously bad, right? So there's a difference between someone who's a good rapper in a studio and a good performer who's prepared, right? A good rapper would go up on stage. You know, your team has done the setup for you. Nothing has gone wrong, but then the moment something does go wrong, you know, a fan rushes up the stage, your sound equipment malfunctions, you choke and trip up, and then it's just not a good experience for your fans. But those who are prepared, not, not just even rappers, just singers as well, right? If you are prepared, right, if your earpiece goes out, you're ready to perform, right? If the visuals behind you go out, you're ready to perform. If you trip and fall or one of your background dancers trip and fall, you're ready to perform. Or, in, and this is, I'm, I'm referring to a specific memory here, you extend your mic out to the audience and they don't know the words, right? You're <laughs> able to get the audience, you know, ramped up and um, hype again, and you're ready to perform. And that's what I like to say about the attentive platform at a very basic level. It's always ready to perform, right? And this is true on... Every day of the year, this is true on the days where we see a lot more activity, you know, the holiday campaigns, your Valentine's Day, your Mother's Day, Father's Day, your Black Friday, Cyber Mondays, your Memorial Days, where a lot of brands make their offers and sell an incredible amount of inventory. That's where you test the metal of how robust a platform is. And attentive, like any good rapper slash performer, is always ready to perform. Nice. I love that analogy. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very picky it. with what tickets I buy nowadays. Believe me, I've been burned before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a good good thing to know um i think it's so interesting that you like call out the seasonality too of like having whatever like labor day whatever because whatever holiday you're talking about yes. um and functionality of the platform because i think it's really easy for merchants to maybe look at like the individual scale of like okay i'm doing my sale here right yeah. but then you're actually thinking about on the larger scale, so many more people who are doing all of those different things, um, and like different promotions, but they're still promoting and sending everyone these SMS text messages with all these different CTAs and everything. So I think that's a really cool, um, point that you make that I haven't necessarily heard articulated on the podcast before. Yeah, sure thing. I mean, that's, that's the measure. Uh, what, what do they tell you? A friend in need is a friend indeed, right? If you're mm. friends with me on my good days, but when I'm feeling a little down, you're just nowhere to be found, then you're not a super reliable friend. I think the same concept relies <laughs> on any piece of technology you use, right? Um, how well does your phone work after you've gotten a little wet, right? Um, and on those high volume send days, that's when the true metal of like the engineering, the product management services, and just like at the service level offering, what I was talking about earlier, are incredible client success and customer success teams, how responsive they are. That's what comes to test, right? Some platforms buckle under it, uh, under under the stress. They haven't adequately prepared. Again, they don't know, they don't know the the count or the beat of the song in their heads and they can't keep on rapping if their EPs goes out. On some like attentive do, right? Um, they know that, hey. You can be a great platform, but you can like choke on one of those like easy engineering technical fix points, right? Um, and that's that's what we we do take care to make sure that we're great at. So deliverability is actually one of our like main focuses. Um, I'll also say that another thing is you don't have to deliberately make a mistake, but being on the safe side is always good, especially for brands. So with us, compliance has also been a huge piece. Text for, for all the listeners who don't know is a very, very litigious space. Um, it's unique in all the marketing channels is that it's intensely regulated. You know, the way TV ads were regulated in the past, there are federal laws, 
there are agency regulations, but then there are also regulations from industry bodies, right? So all the carriers that control the phone numbers, that control SMS messages, when they get sent, how they get sent. Um, and so just being on the right side of all those compliance and regulatory concerns, right? Being on the right side of all those regulations, keeping in constant contact with the people who are setting the rules, right? The FTC, the FCC, the carrier groups and industry groups, right? Just making sure that you have lawyers in-house who understand all the different laws and statutes that govern what you do. It's not something we think about often, but it's a it's something that can trip people up, right? We, you know, if you're, again, back, back to my analogy, if you're a rapper and you're performing, you don't expect for somebody to rush the stage. But if somebody does, you have to be ready to step aside, let security handle it and keep on with your performance, right? And that's that's what we prepare our clients for. It's maybe a bit of an inadequate analogy, but that's what we prefer our clients for, right? I always tell people, especially when it comes to compliance, if you do everything right, you may not get cookies, right? But if yeah. you do one thing bad, that's, that's not a situation you ever want to deal with. And so those, I would say, are like the main differentiators that make Attentive really stand out in the SMS space. Um, that and, you know, of course, we're always listening to our customers and our partners for product updates. Um, and, you know, we don't just build a product for the sake of building the product. I think it's super important to recognize where there's a need or anticipate a need uh, for, for where customers are feeling. Uh, for instance, we saw the AI thing coming, right? And so now we have machine learning algorithms and AI products that make the SMS marketing program much easier to manage. It makes it a lot more effective at targeting customers. It makes it perform a lot better. And that was something built with an eye to how the industry is shifting, right? Um, we, you know, and it takes careful calculations because AI could have been a fad, but we made the calculation and we made the judgment that no, this is an area worth investing in. And so we invested in that. Um, and I think just having an eye to that and having a really good product roadmap, maybe not something that a client thinks of asking you at the end of the day, they just want technology that works, but it's also something that's going to separate you again from you being able to continue uh, as a technology service provider and those technology service providers that go out of business just because they did not anticipate where everything's going. Um, and the way we see things, conversational commerce is here to rule. Um, an incentive is 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 in place uh, to service customers uh, and, and, and take over when that happens. Yeah. I was just listening to a Motley Fool podcast at lunch about, oh, nice. uh, it was like the Amazon versus Walmart debate yes. and how both are like so keen on conversational commerce, obviously. Uh, it was really yeah, interesting. Teams. I'll have to check that out. It was like the one from two days ago or something. Um but yeah, it's really, yeah, it's been super impressive, obviously, to watch attendance rise. Like I've, I've been kind of in the attentive ecosystem for, for better or worse, uh, word choice there for, uh, since you started at least Mahedi, so four years plus, and, uh, it's been incredible to see not just like the growth of attentive, but also all of the innovation with the platform, like, yes. you know, at the high level attentive is uh, at least started as an SMS platform. And now it's like, so, you know, that, that is doing it a disservice to call it an SMS platform, I think, because it's so much more and so powerful these days. Yes. Uh, well, SMS is a great channel too. So that, <laughs> Oh no, totally. But like, you know, it's sort of short changes yeah. you to just, because I think on the surface, you just think, Oh, I'm like, it helps me get text from brands or as a brand, That's it helps me yeah. text my customers. And really it's a lot more, sort of sophisticated uh, than, than just that. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me when you were describing differentiation is like support. 
And because it kind of surprised me when I came from like the enterprise space to the Shopify ecosystem, which is obviously traditionally down market, uh, how much support like merchants need. Um, you know, I think you think about Shopify making it really, really easy for merchants um, to build their stores and the third party apps like seamlessly plugging in. And while everybody does a really good job of that from a technical standpoint, the fact of the matter is like any any human capital needed, right, to work on an integration or to work on setting up campaigns or to work on how to integrate Malomo with all of your other apps and build a tracking page. Yeah. Um, like all obviously not everything is automated yet. So it does require some time. And what I was surprised by is like the amount of support that Shopify merchants need, because, it, you know, what I realized is like, they are so limited on bandwidth and they're being pulled in so many different directions. A lot of them have really small teams. Um, and I think, frankly, like, I think that's a differentiator for Malomo as well. We have a CS team um, and even a sales team who will get like really, really involved with our clients to make sure they set up process, uh, their, their, um, Malomo experience to like the absolute best that it can be. Um, and we have kind of a saying here that it's like, you know, the tech is only as good as how it gets enabled yes. <laughs> within your ecosystem. Yes. I um, like that. Yeah. And so, you know, that stuck out as something that I think we, we sort of share. And I do recognize that attentive has gone above and beyond for, for the mutual clients that we've served. Um, I'm curious, like, this is really just a question for me. Do you see the same thing, the same challenge sort of spanning ecosystems or is it like super is, you know, the need for support really concentrated in the Shopify space specifically? Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an excellent question. I think it, there's two parts here, right? The first is that Shopify is in, unique in how easy it made it to set up your online store. You rarely like, I mean, if you're just looking to set up and start selling inventory, you can get set up pretty quickly and to do it pretty quickly. But that also allowed for a lot of smaller entrepreneurs and business owners to start their own shops. And usually it's what I like to call Papa Mom Shopify, right? So you have the owner who's usually doing all the sales, all the marketing, all the inventory. And so they have limited bandwidth there. And so that's where Shopify created the need. Um, in the past, if, I mean, you, you recall from your past lives before Malomo, if you needed to onboard a technology platform or an e-commerce platform, or even if it was a custom build, it took a while, right? Just getting the scope of work done alone took months. The actual implementation took even more months. And then onboarding the teams at the companies on how to use and navigate the e-commerce platform on their own site took a few more weeks and months. And that necessitated that it was only available to the biggest companies, right? The ones who could afford it. Um, or the ones who had like some sort of startup capital to begin with, right? Um, and so I think in, in that sense, from just from a bandwidth perspective, yes, that was somewhat unique to Shopify. But when you're talking about like the channel itself, it's new to everyone, right? If you are a big company, and like, for instance, we work with B2C, which is a crate and barrel brand, uh, C2B, I'm sorry, uh, CB2, wow, my, my, my brand. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, work, we work with B, uh, CB2 and they're a crate and barrel brand. And obviously, they're a huge team. But, you know, they never really used SMS in the way that Attentive uses it, right? And that's like a special offering and that you needed support and service for regardless of your size, right? And so you come up with the situations where the technology update is new 
right? And it's rapid. Um, and that's the way the customers are going. That's the way the wind is blowing. You're going to need support regardless of your size. Um, I think one of the things that Attentive has done really well is that we've applied a choose your own learning style model. So if you are the kind of person who's familiar with SMS you've done it in a previous life, or you're just like a quick learner, you want to dig into it and you have the bandwidth and resources. Um, and, and again, it's a super easy channel to manage. I mean, it comes with a lot of best practices, but it's not rocket science at the end of the day, right? You're sending a text message. Um, we provide you with the resources to succeed. The platform has enough self-serve functions that you can manage it yourself. If you do need a little bit of more support, a little bit more strategy thinking, we provide that as well, right? And so... There's no one-size-fits-all solution here. Um, it's really dependent on the brand. Uh, it's also dependent kind of on the vertical. Sometimes it's dependent on the specific team that has managed it. Have they encountered this marketing channel and used it before? Do they have a background in performance marketing? Do they not, right? How comfortable they are with using technologies? Again, most of the UIs, I mean, all of the UIs, really intuitive, designed for marketer use. And who needs that extra level of support and is actually going to get some value out of it, right? Um, and then, you know, on, on the back end, it's just based on how your own company is structured. Like here at Attentive, we do reviews for our clients and we, we, we look at their programs. Okay, how are their programs performing? Where could they be doing better? If they could be doing better, we are proactive. One of our values is defaulting to action, right? So we are proactive in reaching out to that client and saying, hey, I saw that you were doing great on SMS. You could be doing better here are some a few tips, right? Um, and sometimes there are really involved teams, right? Who want that hand-holding treatment or who want to work hand-in-hand -hand with, 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 with our uh, client success managers. And we have quarterly reviews with them and we're like, all right, how did we think it was going to perform? This is how it performed. Where do you see areas of improvement? Or what do you think? And a lot of times I'm, I'm proud to say that there aren't a lot of notes just because you know, they're pretty impressed by, by how the program works. But I think there's something to be said here for not being complacent, always defaulting to action. Um, it's not good to always be reactive to customer concerns, uh, being proactive with saying like, hey, we're the experts here. We see how you're performing. We think there's room for improvement. Um, and that learning option is good because some people don't like that, right? Some people are like, don't hover. I can figure it out on myself. And they do and provide them with every single resource they need to succeed. Um, we have great knowledge libraries. It's, it's really like a university of learning. Um, and I think that's really what sets good technology platforms from technology platforms that really take the sink or swim approach. They're like, all right, you, you, you've now signed a contract with us. You figure it out. No, yeah. of course, you know, we're, we're in this for the long haul. We want you to succeed. We want you to remain a long-term client. A lot part of that is the support. Again, they care a lot less about bells and whistles, right? Than they do about getting their questions answered or making sure the technology just works at the yeah. very, very basic level. Uh, the bells and whistles are important, of course, too. But uh, <laughs> you, need to, you need to put the horse before the cart and not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when you were before you said proactive reactive, I was thinking that like I think that's the the ultimate goal of any CS team is to like be able to figure out how to be proactive rather than reactive. And like the reality is it takes a while and like a lot of processes and a lot of um a lot of you know cycles, right? Before you yeah. figure out like how can we do this in some sort of automated fashion, because you can't have CS, like going in manually, you know, building reports for every single customer all the time. But uh, it's something we're thinking about a lot right now at Belomo. So I might uh, lean on you a little bit and run some ideas by you. Uh, Love our partners. And yeah, we want right. to see them succeed because when they <laughs> succeed, we succeed as well. That's, that's the right. official party line. But hey. as your buddy, I got you. 
you know, SMS and email uh, evaluations will be a key tenant of those uh, of those uh, reports. So, hundred percent will lean on you for that. And I think it's all you know. Again, goes to show how Attentive's been a leader in the space uh, from a support standpoint because you're already doing a lot of that. Um, okay, the podcast is called Retention Chronicles, so let's shift focus to retention. Oh uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the real stuff. This is this is the that climax the of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, at a high level, talk to us about like what retention means to you, how you think about it, and where you think sort of attentive fits into um, the retention practice of an e-commerce merchant. Right, retention to me. That's a, that's an excellent question. I love this question because I think this year and specifically, there there's a lot of focus in retention and loyalty amongst all the brands that are looking to survive, you know, on certain macroeconomic environment. Um, I think retention to me begins with a good customer experience. Um, if I have a favorable memory of you, and this this has nothing to do with e-commerce, this just has something to do with human nature. If I have a favorable memory of you, I'm like to I'm likely to come back, right? I'm likely to want to experience that again. I'm likely to tell my friends about it, right? Like let's say if Maloma had a storefront and I went and bought something and it was super easy. Um, I'll tell my friends, hey, you, you want a shirt? You go to Malomo storefront. They were great. The customer like experience was wonderful. Like I didn't have to struggle to get to the checkout. Um, I wasn't overwhelmed by choice or, you know, their search function worked well or their communication with me was seamless. Those are the first impressions you make. And those first impressions are the most important. And they determine whether that client is going to purchase to begin with. Are they a one and done purchase or if they're going to be a repeat client? Um, I think SMS is uniquely positioned really to drive and amplify loyalty and retention channels for a couple of reasons. One, there is the nature of the channel itself, right? You only give your phone number to people you want to hear back from. And so you know that anybody you're sending SMS messages to, um, like for instance, if they're signed up to an attentive program, those are high intent buyers, right? They want to hear from you and they're expecting to hear from you because they surrendered their most intimate communication channel, their phone number to you, right? So that's one. Two, because you're communicating directly with the customer throughout all the noise, right? And because you understand a lot of the customer and that's what a lot of the attentive platform is built around understanding who your customers are by collecting, you know, those zero party data, first party data uh, endpoints uh, by understanding what their product browsing behavior was. What did they look at before? What kind of shopper are they? Are they the kind to spend a long time on your site? Are they the kind to want to buy something quickly, right? Um, and you're in direct communication with you with them and they can respond back to you, which is a key piece here that SMS I think is unique in. Um, you are like, the channel is well positioned to retain your customers and for and help the brands form long-term, you know, partnerships with them and make sure that, you know, they don't lose them to competitors. Um, the competition for the inbox, I always say this is fierce. This is something we hear at basically every trade show. But what I don't hear as often is how you can actually differentiate yourself in that inbox, right? And, you know, you hear a lot of vague, expansive words like personalization and um, uh, retargeting and win back journeys. But at a very, very basic level, you know, because a lot of these buzzwords mean nothing for merchants, but at a very basic level, making the experience as seamless and as smooth as possible. If the customer can go into your store, sign up to your SMS program and get what they want in record time, they're likely to come back. That's a fact. That's just human nature, right? If they uh, can find what they're looking for, right? Um, And if they can get an answer to their questions quickly and in a medium that they use the most. And again, your text messaging apps are the most used on your phone. They're likely to come back. 
if a customer struggles, if they're stuck in your help desk queue, right? If they can't find the product or if the product is, let's say, sold out and they don't get, for instance, a text message telling them, hey, like, we will inform you when, you know, we have back in stock, like our, uh, the inventory is back up, right? Then they're likely to move on, right? We only have limited attention spans. There are millions of brands. We can't possibly pay attention to them. And so you have a very short window with which one to capture the customer and two to keep them. And an excellent way to do that again is SMS because one, you know, they're going to see your message Two, It's an incredibly high engagement channel. You know, they're going to click on that message and three, they're high intent buyers because they gave you their most personal data point, aside from a social security number, their phone numbers, something that doesn't really change very often. And so, you know, they're going to buy something. Um, and so you, if you can capitalize on all three and if you use the channel, the way it's intended to be used, right. Then you retain that customer. I'm, I'm, you know, it's better the, the, the thing, you know, than the thing you don't know, uh, People don't go around looking for new brands to shop from um, unless previous brands have disappointed them or do not have what they need. That's just human nature. We I, like I get overwhelmed when I open Netflix and there's like a hundred billion shows, and then I just end up going what watching the same three sitcoms <laughs> that, yeah. that I've almost watched, right? And so, um, and if I don't find something on Netflix, I leave that platform and then I don't go back for a very, very long time, right? Until there is a show on there that I want again. And so it's 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 challenging, but it doesn't have to be. And SMS provides you like a unique avenue to keep them there. Um, so that's how how I think about retention. I think SMS is one piece of it. Email is definitely a certainly still powerful channel because we are used to email. Um, I think the challenge overall that all brands and merchants and everybody in commerce is going to face is that we're slowly, and I've noticed this about myself as well, we're slowly becoming inured to the amount of advertising we're faced. So you're going to have to be smarter about those customers that you do reach out to and the customers that you do target. You're going to have to be smarter about it, a little bit more considered, because a lot of times that one touch that you're, you're going to get from them might be your only one, right? So you might as well make that shot worth it. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's really how I think about retention. Yeah, we, Mariah and I have been noodling on this idea of like frictionless commerce. And it actually came up as a result of uh, our integration with status accounts. I don't know if you guys work with them at all, but they basically provide like customer accounts for e-commerce merchants. So whenever you log on to, you know, a site that you've been to in the past, you're now a signed in shopper with a one click sort of like magic link. And it's much easier for them to be able then to like track all of your behavior and your uh, saved items and your wish lists and your loyalty status and your subscription status and your tracking page for any products that you have on the way to you. Uh, and it just makes everything like super frictionless. And I think a lot of what you just described is that, right? Like you want to feel like... Uh, it's at least as good as shopping in person. Like it's at least as easy and less exhausting in person. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so maybe more to come on that if we end up doing this webinar that we're talking about, but, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of the themes that you talked about were just like making it as seamless as possible, right? And experience for a customer, because as soon as they're faced with any sort of like adversity or roadblocks in the buyer journey, like simple things like, you know, um, asking somebody for their name twice, both for their for their credit card information and their address is like a huge no-no apparently. To oh, me, yeah. I don't really care, but like like conversion rates drop by however many percent if you do that. And like, if that little thing is going to hurt your conversion rate, imagine what like 
a bad messaging experience is going to is going to affect or a bad tracking experience. Like you're literally churning customers hand over fist if you're not thinking about those things. That's exactly it. And and I would say like, there are so many more options, right? Like the competition is fierce. You slip up, someone else is going to take it. But on that frictionless piece, I think that's a very excellent point because for us, it starts from like the first moment you see SMS, right? Like that's one of the things I liked about the attentive experience, just as a shopper, not even as, as person who works in partnerships here. When you go into one of our patented two-tap sign-up flows, the reason it's designed to be a two-tap is to make it as frictionless as possible. At no point do you actually have to enter your phone number yeah. because you know you find that there's there's a significant attrition rate, right? If you have to enter your email manually, right? And then you have to enter another data point manually, you're going to see a lot of drop-off. People might even say, you know what? I'm willing to pay an extra 10%. I don't want that offer anymore. And so starting at the very, very, very beginning, just from like your first point of contact with the customer, having it be super quick and seamless. You tap once, you redirect it to their messaging app, you tap again, boom, you're signed up and you don't actually have to exert that much effort or navigate as much in between pages or different apps. That's a huge game changer. That's a huge, huge game changer. And yeah, and and it makes a difference between turning customers hand over fist uh, and providing good experience and having them come back and buy something again. Yes. Yeah, love it. Uh, okay, what is like getting a little bit more tactical? What's an underused or you know like undervalued SMS use case that you think more brands should adopt? And you know if they're if they're you know if it's specific to a vertical or a market segment, that's totally fine. But just make sure that you let us know who that who can best uh, use it. Oh, that's an actually a good question. Uh, an underused SMS use case. I think when people first use SMS, they're thinking, let, let, let me begin with how people use SMS. They're thinking a lot of the ways they use email or other marketing channels. Um, and obviously you need to approach it a little differently just because again, SMS is more intimate. People have their phones on them more most of the time. If you send that first SMS welcome journey that has like the highest, I think a 99% open rate, they're going to read it. And I think one of the, maybe not under underused, but underrated parts of SMS is that welcome journey, I think, right? Because that is like one of the highest converting pieces of your entire SMS program. Um, and so making sure that your offer is right there, right in center, like your the, whatever link you include in that welcome journey redirects you uh, to something that either redeems the offer immediately, right, or re- redirects the, the shopper to the same product page they were on. Just that little piece of it, that's going to set the tone. And obviously, you know, it's, it's not like a deal breaker, but that, that can set the tone for how the rest of, uh, how the rest of your customer journey is going to go, right? So if you as a customer sign up to, let's say Malomo storefront, let's say you, you guys, you, you guys have to start something now. I've, I've manifested. <laughs> um, we have the swag store. I mean, where do you think I got this t-shirt? Why yeah, we I do have, have a swag store. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I you, know. You've been lacking. The way. You know, uh, I expect one in the mail. Right, I'll give you 35 days. There yeah. you go. Um, so let's say you have a Maloma storefront and somebody signs up to your SMS program. And I opted in while I was looking at the sweatshirts. If that link redirects me directly to the sweatshirts or redirects me directly to products that I know as the brand owner um, have the highest conversion rate, 
you're more likely to, to close out, right? You're more likely to get a converted customer. But if he redirects me maybe to the homepage or if it's a little bit more laborious, and again, there, there's no exact science to this. Every brand is different. Or it's a little bit more laborious to navigate back to where I was or um, I was already at the checkout stages and I remembered I wanted the offer, right? And I wasn't able to redeem it properly. Or if your welcome message was like, just welcome to our SMS program, and that's it. Like there's no call to action that follows through. Um, that may impact how people view your program. They're going to be like, oh, there's nothing in this for me. They just wanted my phone number so they can like message me about their stuff. Right. Um, and so I think, I don't think this is underused because of course, every SMS program has an SMS user journey, but I think it's one of the underrated pieces, really getting the language there, right. Um, making sure you know what your intentions as a brand are like the Malomo storefront you know who your customers are, or like you have an idea and you want to find out more. Um, having an idea and intention for what you want that experience to be is super, super, super important. And if you don't know, because SMS is first for you, that's that's where Attentive steps in. And we have a lot of suggestions. We've reiterated 8,000 times that we can help you with <laughs> across multiple verticals. There you go. Yes. Uh, but I think that's, that's one of like the most like it's the most common message you receive, but it's also one of the underrated use cases. The other thing I would say is that transactional um, is what Malomo excels in. That's a huge piece. There are a lot of brands right now that don't do that. Um, I, this, I think, is an actual underused thing because I think every single study, research, survey has shown that people prefer to get their tracking updates on their phone, which they use and they're holding anyways, than having to take a tracking number and plug it into a tracking software and then having to keep that tab open and refreshing the page, et cetera. Um, so we, we found that I think somewhere around 97% our internal data shows of people want to get transactional messaging updates. So it's outside of the SMS welcome journey. It is our, one of our most popular flows, right? Um, and that's just part, again, of creating a good user experience. If I bought something, I want to know when it's going to get here. I want to know that if it did get here, I will get to it before the porch pirates do, right? <laughs> um, and, and a good like post-purchase experience like a Malomo attentive integration is really a key part of that. And some brands may not may not be thinking about that. They're like, all right, they bought, I shipped the product. It's in UPS or FedEx's hands now. Like, and that's an insane revenue stream lost right there, right? Uh, uh, and it may cause like dissatisfaction with with the brand. Um, and it might, might cause like some some drop off in revenue. Like we we're talking about retention earlier. You want to retain your customers? They're going to be like, oh my god, I ordered something from Malomo. I got the sweatshirt, and they updated me every step of the way. Hey, it's in a warehouse in New Jersey. Hey, it's uh, downstairs, right? And that that is like super, super important, and super powerful. Um, so little things like that, I would say. Yeah, I love the well. First of all, thank you for the transactional shout out. Appreciate sure. it. Uh, I <laughs> love you. <laughs> and on that really quick, before I go back to the welcome series, yeah. uh, the delivered metric, like the deliver, delivered uh, message that is triggered by Malomo through our messaging platform partners, should always be a text message. Like, feel free to send that email too, but it should always also be a text message because of the the reason you just said, Mahedi. Like, you'll get that package before the the porch pirates are crazy these days. So, yes, and also sure. anecdotally, I get so happy when I see a delivered message, regardless of totally. what I ordered. I'm like, yeah. yes, it's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they get a rush of endorphins if nothing else. <laughs> totally, mm -hmm. I think that's like that's like scientifically proven. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the welcome series use case is interesting. It, it makes me think too that probably brands don't always think about 
where that link is going as like a core tenant of the SMS use case across the board, right? It's probably not just for the welcome series. Yes. Um, but to your point, I love how like you you specifically called out, you know, if I've already been to the site, I signed up on a PDP, why would you take me back to the homepage from the well from the SMS welcome series? Why not bring me right back to that product I was already viewing? Uh, maybe with a little discount if you really want to get me to compare. Yeah. Hey, that always works. And so, yeah, just being intentional, I think, with with all all your marketing efforts goes a long way. I think is is the message there for sure. Love it, Mariah. Any questions on your end or thoughts before we move to our last little segment here? Well, I was just thinking the um, like the PDP. I feel like I I was trying to think through. There was some experience I just went through. It might've been like loop earplugs. I just went to the Taylor Swift concert. So of hey. course I had to get my mom and I, um, some safety earplugs and they're so cute, but I think their, their experience, like I, it's rare that I usually go directly from an ad, just as, like from a consumer's point of view, go from an ad and purchase something. But I think that was the, probably the most recent, um, mm-hmm product that I've done. So where it's like an ad got me and then I purchased right away and just like timely. Cause obviously I had the concert to go to in a couple <laughs> months, but, um, I think their, their welcome stream or like their, their CTA from their ad was like directly to the ones that I was looking at. Right. Cause they have like different colors, different, um, like different events or different reasons that you'd get the earplugs for. And mine was like for a concert specifically. And so just like, while you were talking through more of the like technical aspects, I was thinking about that um, memory that I probably had about like two months ago at this point. And you're um, liking to buy from them again, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I got, yeah. Like my sister too. Um, I, she's now on like just bought a pair. Um, I've been telling everyone left and right, like just wore them to the Queen concert too in Indianapolis. So, um, which no, I know you went to a couple of years back, but um, yeah, I mean, it's great because they're, it's super convenient, like attached to my keys, great, um, great product in general. And I've been seeing them pop up all, all over, but yeah, like now I'm, now I'm an advocate for their brand. So loop earplugs, if you're listening to this, yeah. sponsor her sponsor yeah, this please. podcast give me that affiliate link okay? <laughs> should probably have them on the podcast they yeah. are on shopify i have actually reached out to them nice. to see so if anyone who is listening to this yeah. knows anyone at loop earplugs help a girl out um but yeah they're very much up and coming like i've been seeing i feel like they're in their spot right now where they're at least like going viral like trending or about to because um, I've been seeing them pop up all over the place. Maybe that's just my algorithm, but I also feel like it's <laughs> some added element of vir- virality, but yeah, they are on Shopify. So I would love to have them on. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mahedi, one minute left. Uh, last question. You've had an awesome run at attentive, uh, done some awesome things, uh, throughout your career. What's one tip or trick or resource you've had that sort of helped you or guided you throughout the way that you'd share with the audience? That's a good question. I was just talking uh, with uh, about this with a friend of mine. Um, I think when you're starting out in your career, a lot of people give you really good advice, like listen and ask questions, which I think are really, really important pieces of advice. You know, you should listen, you should ask good questions. 
but none of that matters if you don't follow through, right? You can listen all you want, but if you don't do anything with the information that you listen to um, or that you get back, might as well not have listened. Um, you can ask all the good questions that make you sound smart and like you're paying attention, but if you don't follow it through with, with some action, then might as well just stay quiet and sip your Capri Sun, <laughs> right? Um, and I, one of the things I really like about Attentive is one of our um, values is default to action. You learn by doing, right? You can listen to hundreds of podcasts or read hundreds of papers about mistakes people have made and you can avoid them, but you need to make your own mistakes. And that's really the way you learn, right? Um, and just in relation to that, start by doing. You need to start by doing, whether it's like a podcast and you've never done it before, you don't need to spend months and months researching other podcasts and marketing metrics and all that. No, start recording. Start recording yourself just speaking. Get comfortable with it, right? And then if you feel like something is good enough, you can upload it um, so that other people can give you judgment as well. I think those just those two key pieces really take you far in your career. Um, it's important to be a listener. It's important to ask good questions. But it's most important, I think, of all to follow through, do something with the knowledge you gained. Um, and I think it's important to start by doing. Um, always default to action, always make sure that you're ready to jump headfirst into something. If you're not, if you're scared about it, that means it's probably good that you're doing it. If you're not scared enough, that means you're like a little bit in a safe space and you may need to to take some risks uh, for, for you to learn. We, you only learn from the things that, uh, that make your stomach clench a little bit. So that would be my advice. That's what has worked for me so far. Hopefully it will work for me moving forward, but who knows? <laughs> I have strong faith in that, man. Um, that was awesome. I heard you're very clearly very action oriented because you mentioned action or yes. some version of it uh, many times throughout that clearly came through. So <laughs> that's great. Great advice. Uh, great episode. Great tactical, you know, takeaways for the audience. Really appreciate you joining us and kicking off season four so strong. Um yeah, it's, it's got to be up from here, man. So I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks, Mariah. Thank you. Mm -hmm.